If you're married, what is it like to be single? If you're single, what is it like to be married? These answers and more on Single and 40, a show on love, life, and everywhere in between. I'm your host, Jennifer Hazard, and you're not alone in your journey. Join in as we discuss the exhilarating highs and the hilarious lows of dating and relationships in middle age. Whether you're rediscovering love after divorce, embracing single life, or diving into the dating scene for the first time in decades, we've got you covered. Let's laugh, learn, and love together as we uncover the secrets to thriving in the world. 40 is not just an age, it is an energy. Get ready, Single and 40 starts now. Welcome back to another episode of Single and 40, a show on life, love, and everywhere in between. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I have my first guest with me on this little channel situation. I'm very, very excited. Close personal friend of mine on so many levels, Susanna Kerwin. Susanna, you want to say hi? Hi. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. I didn't realize I was your first on this platform. Well, second season, first platform, you know, so, uh, but I get to see your beautiful face. And so it makes me very, very happy. Miss you there in New York. So Susanna is actually a nurse practitioner. She was my nurse practitioner a bajillion years ago. OBGYN has seen all my kit and caboodles, all my nooks and crannies. And, you know, she cute. Uh, uh, But Susanna was based in New York, now is based in Denver, Colorado, and is founder of uh, TendWell. It is a functional medical practice, but also sees people virtually. Where is it? New York, Oregon, obviously Colorado, obviously, and somewhere else. Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm gathering slowly, but surely getting all the places. Gather away, (laughs) gather away. Uh, So today we're kind of going in like the life and everywhere in betweens kind of category of the show. And I've been gathering questions and thinking of my own questions of what is interesting and to talk to a nurse practitioner about everything from women's health to stories and everywhere in between. So uh, I've already told Susanna, if there's a topic for HIPAA reasons or anything like that, she can tell me to go fly a kite or do anything like that. Um, But also a lovely disclaimer, because we probably are going to get um, provocative per usual uh, as we normally do in, in this show. So disclaimer, Everyone, send your kiddos out of the room. Go, this is adult content. All of that being said, here we go. Let's go. So, Susanna. Yes. Just getting into it. We're just going to dive deep into this. I was asked, this was the first question that I was asked when I put this out onto social media, is during a pap smear or pelvic exam, are you able to actually physically see slash feel the G spot? <laughs> um, short answer. No, definitely not. And we're not looking, we're definitely not going there, right? We're just there to see the cervix and kind of see what's happening um, with, you know, the microbiome, maybe we're t- paying attention to discharge and things like that, but no, no G spot exploration (laughs) like again i was like i don't know i was like i feel like that turns very much quickly into like sex work because if they're actually hunting it down and finding it but i feel like you see the clitoris like yep there it is 
Yes, totally. Yeah. We're seeing all of the anatomy, right. And, but the G spot is definitely difficult to find. I think even if you're, you know, in that realm, but there's no like visual things when you're like, blink. No, I mean, I think I, when I, when I've talked about it with patients, I think it's a rougher spot. So it's something that you could feel yourself, right? Like you could feel around for it, but it's not something like with the gloved hand, you're not going to be able to feel that. And that would be weird. <laughs> You'd be like, Hey, okay. So also, are you able to see, cause I feel like I've seen images of it, but the skeins gland and, and explain what the skeins gland is for those who do not know. Oh yeah. So the skin gland, it brings me back to school and P school, but basically you're not really, you don't really see them too much unless there's a problem, right? So like they're definitely, they're there to make fluids to lubricate the vet, the vagina and all of that. Right. So you want these to be functioning, but occasionally people will, they'll have a problem and it'll become what's called a Bartholin cyst. And so they'll kind of swell up and that pathway gets blocked for some reason. So. Oh, I'm like, interesting. Yeah. And, and what is the purpose of the skein's gland for, again, those who do not know? Total for lubrication. So you really want those to be functional and, you know, you need lubrication. And, and for squirting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, because what in my studies and my research, because again, I'm fascinated. It wasn't until I was 39 years old that I squirted for the first time. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I was in complete disbelief that this was something new. Again, 39 years old. I've had all this explorations beforehand. And when it happened, I was like, no, like, and he's like, no, you're all over me. And I'm like, no. And I was like, oh yeah, do it again. Like, I don't believe you. And he did it again. And I was like, oh my God, this is real. Uh, so just to confirm that everybody has the capability yeah. like physically make up to, to have a G spot orgasm and to squirt. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I want to, I need the certain a specific type of stimulation, right. To get to that space. Yes. I've watched many a uh, YouTubes and uh, tutorials on that. I still cannot perform on myself, but uh, if you know what you're doing, bravo, ladies and gentlemen, uh, besides specific stimulation, I wanted to ask, and I might, like, this might be a psychological psychology psychiatrist question, but how much does mindset go into orgasm? I think for women, it can be a lot. And I mean, there are other people too, probably, but I think for women, the brain is like really an, a sexual organ, right? It's like, where, I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not, it, if you're not in the mood or if you're, it's not like you can always get there just because um, you're being manually stimulated. There's like an element fantasy or, you know, just depends on the person, but you have to be engaged in that way. And at all. Uh, it's funny because I know a lot of when I was, I think I was like 19 or 20 years old. I, I know I wasn't old enough to go out to bars. Um, and I was just like, and then I realized she actually had a tilted cervix um, and I was like, oh, well, you're doing it wrong, dude. Um, and I was like, you know, she doesn't go like this or this. She goes down. And I was like, so try these positions. And I was like guiding them at 19 years old, guiding their sex exploration, but understanding like a tilted cervix or is it uterus? Cervix? What is 
What is it? I mean, the whole thing is tilted, actually, right? Because the cervix is like the opening and it's kind of like a bottle, right? And I always think of it as like, a, they're a pear. What looks like a pear? The cervix? The, the uterus. The uterus oh, okay. Like I saw this video of was talking about how the uterus looks like an avocado, you know? And she was like trying to make these connections, but it's like, it's that shape. Right. Connections between like how avocado can help you with your fertility. We have those like omega. Now I'm like those healthy fat straight back or down. And I thought being having a tilted whatever thing meant it just your canal went down instead of up or back. Yeah. I mean, I think that could be there could be an element of that. Right. People are not not everyone's totally symmetrical, but. I'm thinking, yeah, it's it's more the whole uterus is just like boop, tapped, tilted back. That's why like some women, when they have cramps, they'll have it in their back, right? Or like, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of back labor, like when women yeah. are pregnant and then they have, they go into labor, they might be feeling it in their back and it's because their uterus is tilted that, that way, usually. Uh. Is there any, uh, if you do have like a tilted cervix, uterus, whatever, um, does that cause like create, like, are you more prone to certain things like having a difficult time getting pregnant or, uh, endometrial things or any of that jazz? I don't think so. I think you, it may cause issues for, no, I don't think so. Just like where you would have the, have the pain, right? So it's like, if you have pain with cramps or your labor experiencing your labor but it shouldn't cause any issues and even as you like grow a baby in there like the heaviness of the fetus right is gonna like shift things anyway right because everything's coming down eventually (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you've had two kids so you know all of that experience I'm, i'm i'm i i'm unknowing of that glory um but my sister did have a 10 pound baby natural because that thing just came flying out um it's one minute of the 10 pound baby i was like oh i was like that that was rough um and i wasn't even there i just was hearing her scream on the phone and i was like i don't know i don't want that no thank you um okay so i now at least i see i learned a few things about all of that stuff uh kind of segueing the topic because i'm kind of curious i i believe that masturbation masturbating is a is healthy uh i do think especially in today's world with overstimulation and porn and having everything so accessible is all masturbation healthy and what is like at what point do is it like okay you might have a problem here or something like that (laughs) I mean, that's a good question too. Like, I think that most masturbation is healthy as long as it's not, you know, interrupting your life. That's what I think about. Like any kind of dysfunction, like addiction, right? How much of your headspace is being used for that, right? Like, is it like you're just in the moment, you're doing it and then you're done? Or is it like occupying the space that's like actually interfering with your life? Think about that when I think about like, you know, dysfunctional eating or, um, anything right like stress related like if you're if it's occupying too much of your brain and it's not allowing you to get your work done or do other things that you want to do that would become the dysfunctional space and i think like like the porn industry 
if it's helpful, great. But if it's gone to this place where that's the only way you can get off, then maybe that's something that needs a little more TLC, you know, a little work on, right? Like a more, that's more mental health issues though than actual yeah. physical health. Yeah, I think so, right? I mean, I know it's a, it's a thing that's out there, right? Because there are generations now who have grown up with just porn being so accessible and seeing it at a young age and just kind of have that idea that, that it's like, it's almost like food, for example, like food, like we have all this like processed, ultra processed food now, and you might not even be able to taste if you, you can't taste the sweetness of just like an unadulterated vegetable or, or fruit or something, you need this like extra salt and extra sugar in order for your taste buds to be enlivened. And I think about that with porn and sex too, right? It's like, I totally, I'm picking up what you're throwing down, girl. Um, I immediately thought of that episode. This is going to like date, date back, but that episode of Sex in the City, and I don't ever know if you watched Sex in the City. I did. I watched every episode. <laughs> Remember when Miranda was like shipping that guy and like he would, like he was like fucking her and like, he's like, okay, wait, hold on. And had to like reverse the, like the VHS. Yes, <laughs> like that. Yes. And, you know, and he's just like, well, I've been with, you know, I've been with these girls for, you know, for years. And I was like, that's what I immediately thought of. And like the overstimulation or needing to have certain things or do certain whatever to be able to achieve uh, climax. But I do think that porn again, I think pretty much I was reading that the statistics of people under the age of 35, uh, that the, for men, I want to say it's like 80% of men are addicted to porn under the age of 35. Wow. Um, and I was like, that's crazy. But they have yeah. always had at, like, they always had the internet. They like, I remember, well, my dad never had playboys, but my friend's dad did. Um, and it like stashed under the bed or like the VHS of things, you know, and, or um, rewinding the pretty woman when she takes her top off and you're like, oh my God, it's a baby. Um, or take my breath away. Um, yes. Top Gun when they have that sexy scene. Uh -huh. But like that was porn to me. I was like, oh. but yeah. I'm like, okay, it's this, it's that. But um, I think that's nice because it's not in a sexual manner. Like you're, you're learning. It's just like freedom, right? Like let's know about anatomy and like be okay with it. Um, my friend's kid watched Titanic for the first time and that sexy where, again, it was very w done well, tasteful, yeah. um, but she's like laying there getting, I want you to, I want you to draw me like you do your girls, Jack, like, uh, and he saw a booby for the, for like, you know, not his mom's booby, but like saw a booby on TV. And I guess uh, it was so funny. I'll never forget this. Cause I was just like, I love him so much. Uh, but he's like, mom, this is the best movie ever. And still is his favorite movie of all time. Cause he got to see his first booby on, on screen. So funny. That's cute though. It's sweet that it's like, it's so sweet. About it, right. Yeah. It's so sweet. And I was like, Titanic is not a sweet movie. I'm like, it's kind of other things, but I like it. I like it. Um, speaking of all of these things, we know traditionally speaking that for an 18 year old guy, that's like not his peak sexual drive. I feel like it definitely goes in waves and ebbs and flows, but 
from a medical perspective, male, female, when is there like obviously hormones playing a role into it? But as somebody that's 40 years old, I'm like, what is happening? I feel like she is awake. She is alive. Uh, watch out. Pounce, kitty, pounce. Yeah. So I mean, tell me. <laughs> I think like in the forties, right. And like even late thirties and whatnot, like the hormones are really not as stable in a sense, like they're going up and down. So I think sometimes women will experience a lot of peaks in their forties, right. Because, um, it's not so just like a ebb and flow situation. Yes. So um, not just like, like a, like a not climactic like, thing, not like you hit the summit and then you summit. Yes, exactly. And it could be different every month too, right? So like you're having higher highs of estrogen, higher highs of testosterone and progesterone. But um, yeah, like testosterone peaks, which definitely affect libido will be for in the twenties, mostly, but you're going to get women or for men or for both. For both. Yeah. For both. And then like, you're going to, you're going to see that go down, but I still think that this like 40 phase is it's definitely a thing where your hormones are going up and down. And it's like that your body is um, wanting to shoot off more of those, those eggs, right? It's kind of like, let's, let's do this. And I think, right. Like we were talking um, the other day about just like being more familiar with the cycles too. Right. And so I think being more in tune with that, you can notice those, um, the libido kind of like peaking during certain areas of your cycle, like the first part of your cycle. Oh, good old follicular cycle. Yes. Ovulatory, obviously during ovulatory, you're just like, rawr, um, yeah, versus women really notice that like, right. Yes. Like... Hi. <laughs> I was like, hi, it's me. I notice it. Versus I think luteal phase, it's funny because I'll see videos on Instagram over like couples. Um, what was that? Um, oh my God, that the couple that had all the kids and the, she had that haircut, like Goslin or whatever the hell her name is. Oh yes. I know who you're talking about, but I keep, it's not like Kate plus eight, but it's something, something, like the, whatever, something that girl, but she, she, they were doing an interview and she looks over at him and she's like, why are you breathing? And I fucking died. And I was like, luteal phase. That is a classic example of luteal phase where you're just like, why are you alive? Um, yes, yes. Yeah. And I think it benefits everyone to know about this. Right. So you can kind of put it in context. Let's use this framework. Uh, well, okay. So I was actually talking to my mom about this earlier today after you're like, you know, she's almost 70 years old. She's obviously gone through menopause, had all that stuff, but how would somebody that is post menopause or not having a regular cycle be able to, or even in menopause, be able to track their cycle when there's not like a monthly, a monthly lady time. Yeah, I know. I think like, that's interesting. Did your mom do hormones or is that on the table? I don't want to. Um, oh yeah. All the things my mom doesn't care. Um, love you mom. Uh, <laughs> she funny thing, actually, she had an IUD in until that she forgot and that nobody ever realized was still up in there from the eighties, literally the eighties until 2018. Wow. It was I was like, 
out? Oh my God. I was like, uh, you didn't know? Nobody told you about? I was like, all your CAT scans and things, they didn't see a little T in there. And she's just like, I don't know. (laughs) And then she got back surgery and they did a scan and they did see it. And they're like, do you know that you still have an IUD? And again, at this time she was in her 60s. So no need for that. But um, it was the copper, I guess then, right? Yes. And I was like, oh my God, your metal levels have to be all sorts of off, mom. (laughs) Uh, But like she was saying like, oh, I just wake up and I feel energized and I feel clarity. And I was like, oh, you're probably in your follicular phase. And I was like, I wonder how you'd be able to like figure that out. And then I was like, I'm talking to Susanna later. I'm going to ask her. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess because the ovaries, the ovaries still make some some amount of hormones and there are other places in your body that make hormones like your adrenal glands and you just make you make them in other parts of your your body right so you still do you still do have some hormones flowing but it wouldn't be in the same kind of pattern so i think like you know there shouldn't there wouldn't really be kind of a follicular phase even for people who are menopausal so it could just be like other things going on, right. That's having them have like mental clarity during that time. I think like menopausal women who are taking hormones, sometimes they will try to cycle them. Right. And they'll have like days off, but because they're not bleeding, they're not really, you know, you're not really producing eggs. You're not having that same kind of thing. And we just kind of get, um, used to having like a cycle approach to things because that's what we've done for so many years. But it's not necessary. It was like every 28 days, baby. Um, okay, which segues perfectly into HRT, AKR, wait, AKR, A, AKA, what is what am I talking about R for? AKA HRT stands for hormone replacement therapy, yes. which I have had a lot of friends, especially in their 40s, who are either have had children. or do not want children um, and they've had issues and they're just like, and their doctors are like HRT for you. Uh, So from my understanding, it's just either getting an IUD or going back on the pill or whatever kind of thing like that. So it kind of eases all of the symptoms of being, you know, menopausal or again, just keeping things in like a cycle and keeping things on track. We love a cycle. We love, planning we love organizing so hrt yes what do what do we need to know about it yeah i know it's like actually in my new practice i've been doing a lot more hrt and that's been kind of fun to really dive in there because well i'm in my 40s my mid 40s right and um it's i'm 46 i just turned 46 so it's like I personally, like I'm interested in it for myself because I want to age gracefully and like, you know, do what I can to support my body. And like, I think, um, yeah, like a conventional approach is to like put people on birth control. Like, okay, you're in your forties. You don't want kids. Like you want things to be like even keel, like go on birth control, but there are other options that are more like bioidentical. So like birth control is mostly, it is all, um, uh, synthetic. That's the word I'm looking for synthetic. And, um, you can take another approach. Like I like using progesterone a lot with the perimenopause phase. So perimenopause means any time before menopause could be eight years before menopause could be 10 years. It just depends, right? Like it depends on people's 
biology and their symptoms and what they're experiencing. But progesterone, it's like everyone's friend because that is starting to dip as we get into our mid forties. Right. And so taking some of that can help with mood. It can help with energy, it can help with sleep. So it's really and the hot flashes. Hot flashes what about like the chin hot. hair growth? Cause that's, that's like a wrong. thing. <laughs> what is these whiskers and all of a sudden you're like how did it get so big um why didn't I notice that either or why didn't somebody tell me um yeah it's a that's interesting like right why are we getting those it's androgens right so more of that different androgens flowing like testosterone but um could be could be other parts of the androgen profile yeah, that's hard to avoid. Like if you're getting a lot of it, that's something you might want to check your um, testosterone levels, right? So these things change over time. So good to check in on it. And it's something that your doctor, even at a conventional doctor's office, they can check it. They just like don't because I don't know why, like they don't they don't want value that information. But I think you can ask, you can be proactive and ask your doctor, like I want to check my testosterone, check my free testosterone, check my estradiol, check my progesterone. You can get all of that done. If you just said to your doctor, like, give me a full hormone panel, like, is all of that in there? No. And they will not, they will. I I like to be. No, you're like, no. I'm like, what? I'm like, no, I said full hormones. Like, give me cortisol too. Throw that in there. Yeah. I mean, you could ask them and like different practices may have different approaches, but so many of them. And even when, even when we, you know, even when I used to work at a conventional practice, I didn't really even check those things. Like it was not something on my radar. It's like, okay, I'm going to give birth control. I'm going to like talk to you about your diet or whatever, that, those kinds of, those kinds of things. But just like realizing now that I've delved more into functional medicine, you can check those things. And there are kind of like norms. And I, I think it's just good to go, go to somebody who, who is more interested in that, but you can get that information from your doctor and then kind of bring it along with you and, and find, get that education yourself. And it's blood work, right? It's like a, yeah, blood work. Yeah, like there's expensive tests that you can do, like the Dutch test, which is more of a urine test for that kind of thing. But you don't have to do it that way. So there are multiple multiple ways of doing it. For the for the record, for everybody that knows, I have an extreme phobia of giving of doing blood work. Um, Susanna's definitely taken my blood more than anybody any other human on the planet, um, and has seen me like sweat and almost faint on her and like all of the things. So like a urine test, and I'm like, yeah. That one, um, or like yeah. ultrasounds. You want to probe me and and do this thing? I don't know the that things. I don't know. I'd rather yeah, have no. that done than like a half a drop of blood. I'm like, oh, they want to prick my finger. I'm like, nope. <laughs> yes, yeah, no. I think it's a great alternative for people, especially like you're like you, right? Like you can just pee. You can use um, saliva to look at your cortisol levels. That is so fun. Yeah. Why don't they fucking tell me this, dude? I'm wanting to take my essence and take my blood jerks. And, I just, and, I, and I'm like, ah. um, we had a whole system for the record. Um, but Susanna's great. If you need somebody to take your blood, she's she'll she'll calm you down. And I get all sorts of messy when it happens. When I um, for you and through your blood. That was fun. 
when you came over to my house and I was like petting my dog, like rigorously, I was like, <laughs> yes, but I loved it. Cause you like had me this like amazing smoothie that was made. It was so, it was great. <laughs> so it was great. That was a great day. I was like, I was like, why aren't all doctor's appointments like this? Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm in my own space and I feel comfortable. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. I, Cause I'm curious. So at what age, if women are even for contemplating babies, contemplating just options, like to have, not to have, just to see where you're all at. Um, I also want to know for on the male side too, if that's a thing, um, but at what age or what time period should women actually like do this? Like go, like go and just figure out your options at this point in time. I think like, you know, whatever makes sense for the person, right? Like if it doesn't occur to you before a certain age, just do it um, when you feel comfortable. But I think if I had like my druthers, I would say to do it before 35, you know, just start investigating, right? Like get the information, right? Let's see where you're at. Like um, a lot of people, women especially have been on birth control for like years and years and years. And we don't really know what's going on underneath that, right? Like we're like, oh, everything's great because you're on this pill that makes you cycle. But if you don't really know what's underlying, like what's happening naturally, let's remove the birth control and sort of see. It was funny, like I have, I have a lot of patients who ask me about this and a lot of patients who are like, oh, let me explore um, egg freezing just so I can like have options. And I think that's, you know, yet again, you can go to your conventional doctor and ask them to do like a couple of tests. I always recommend FSH, the follicle stimulating hormone, LH, luteinizing hormone, and then AMH, that's the anti-mullerian hormone. Those three tests your doctor can do, and you can ask them to do that. And it shouldn't be expensive. They can, insurance can cover it. It's still blood though, Jennifer. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I already knew that. Uh, I was like, I already knew all of those were blood tests. Yeah. But it's uh, like, it gives you a window in like to see like what's happening. And what about for guys? Oh yeah. Good. Good question for guys. Guys, it's harder, right? Like you could, you, a lot of times they're looking at sperm. So like, they will actually want you to give a sperm sample to kind of see what's happening there. Like, are you producing enough? Are they modal? Are they active? Right. Um, good swimmers. swimmers. This is kind of bullshit that I have to give blood and they just have to come in a cup. This is fucking bullshit. I could come in a cup. Can't you sell from that? Fertility. I, I was like, all skeins glanded up, yo. Um, <laughs> scoop it up. I know it's totally, it's total bullshit. Like that's basically it. Because even with people like men that are getting their testosterone levels, it doesn't tell you anything about what's happening with the sperm. Like I have patients, like I have a patient right now, he and his wife, they have the wife is pregnant now. And like, they were going through kind of like exploration and he has low testosterone levels, but like his sperm looked completely fine when they did the test. So it doesn't necessarily translate when you see like male testosterone levels, but there's, there's a, oh, there's ahead. a girl that is, um, I started following her and I became like obsessed that she's a doctor and she like looks at sperm all the time, but she does like sperm Mondays. And so she'll show you a slide of all of like the swimmers. 
Awesome. And it's fast. I'm oh my God. And like the big heads versus the little heads versus she's like, you see this guy, he keeps just going around in circles or he gets stuck. She's like, yeah, no, this guy or like how they're just all dead. And she's like, yeah, this guy has like, no, like he's got like two swimmers and there's like a bajillion, but there's only like two actually good things. So I was like, what? But, um, so I've now I become obsessed and I look forward to Monday solely to get like her sperm breakdown. I'm forgetting her name, but she's yeah. You got to put looking it at sperm up. is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, little did I know that was going on my face and all over and in me and all of these other things that it's actually really fascinating and just how many there are. I'm like, I'm like, and all it takes is one. I'm like, that's terrifying. Um, but as somebody that was just like you said, on birth control, I was on birth control for 26 years. And yeah. now I'm officially six months off of birth control and I was doing seed cycling and understanding my, where I'm at my cycle and doing all of that kind of stuff just so I can get a accurate panel. Ugh, I'm not looking forward to it at all. Um, I'm like, Ooh. uh, but to, yeah. so I can just know, like, you know, and I, I went and I saw my current lady doctor yes. and she was like, well, just try to have kids. And I was like, I, I, I'm saying I don't want that. Uh, and she's <laughs> like, well, well, you know, like her bedside manner was not great, but um, it was all of these things. And I was just like, and it, it, it's so hard to be an actual advocate because you're just like, I'm just trying to get information. Come on, like, give me this. Um, yeah. And it shouldn't be just one extreme or another. Like you have to just like try to have kids. No, like let's gather gather more information about your body and like see where that leads you. Cause I feel like with a lot of people, it's like, if you see, once you get the data that says something about your body, it might elicit a feeling in you. Like you might have panic and you might say like, Oh shit, I want to have babies. Or you might say like, whatever, I'm not doing this, you know? Yeah. So like getting that. Or like I, they need to wear six condoms because I'm fertile myrtle and like, yes. no, like all of the things again, that's why I was like, just tell me if I have like a 2% chance or if I have a 92% chance, I'm like, that is different information about my body that I just kind of want to know. Um, and she was very confused and perplexed by this, this whole kind of concept. And, you know, we're at the ripe age. I have a lot of friends that are in their early to mid thirties and they're talking about freezing their eggs or not wanting to have kids or, birth control, IUD, like where, you know, all of these conversations and then women in that are in their early forties, you know, 41, 42, 43, and that are trying to have kids and are really struggling and doing the IVF or getting their hormone tested or, um, trying to freeze their eggs or do surrogacy and all of that kind of stuff. So trying to understand like what test to get, when to get it, when to be asking, what questions to be asking. It's all, it's, it's a lot. And most as a single 40 year old person, again, a lot of my friends are single and they're, you know, we're having these conversations. Uh, but even I have friends that are married and they always said that they didn't want to have kids. And now that they're 42, they're like, well, so are we doing this? Are we having kids? And then, you know, come find out that, she has, you know, extreme endometrial issues and a no-go. Um, so I'm like, it's, it's crazy and trying to hunt that down and figure that out. Um, but we were talking and you were telling me about, and this terrified me and gave me a mild anxiety attack. I was like, <laughs> I know what you're going to say. 
that that you just you fucking say it because so I'm saying that there's um in the 40s, especially the early 40s, there's more unplanned pregnancies or equal to that of the teen years. <laughs> this is a fucking slap in my face. So for like, oh no, I'm I haven't gotten pregnant and I'm not gonna get pregnant because I'm in my 40s. And then it's like your ovaries are like firing off their last, you know, let's get pregnant. And then it happens. But yeah, sorry. For I, that's I was like literally that's anxiety. I because here I'm like off pill, you know, single and all of these things, and I'm like, you know, maybe like I don't need to go on HRT. Maybe I could do the seed cycling. Maybe I can do this, you know. But I like, I like certain things, and I'm like, you told me this, and now I'm like, nope, no, no. Now I'm I'm rethinking. Freaking ninety two years old. Cover that shit up. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I think you're okay with the condom. Like that seems reasonable. But you're gonna you're headed towards finding out more information. That might change I your know. perspective. Uh, yeah. that's terrifying. But so anybody that's out there that's trying to maybe get pregnant or doesn't want to get pregnant in your 40s, go get these things taken tested so you at least have some ideas because you never fucking know. Like a whoops a daisy is right around the corner. What? Uh, oh, the Alyssa VTs and the seed cycling and doing all of that kind of stuff. Shout out to her. I love her. Her book's great. It kind of made me angry, but that's okay. Um, because just the lack of education and studying of the female body. Uh, yeah, that's so wrong. And hopefully it will be changing. I was like, I was like, this is making me angry. I was getting my nails done and I was getting all like full of uh, rage and i was just like this isn't relaxing I, I i was like i'm just going to go and scroll i closed the book and i was like yeah. that was my moment um <laughs> uh i actually hormones. saw today oh go ahead I oh, no, go. hormones complicate research it's just ridiculous though it's like but we oh, all my. have hormones half of this population I was like, we're all full of hormones. And once you understand them, both males and females, I feel like if males even understood the female cycle more, like, man, even if you were um, like a fuck boy and like, I was like, if you could work around her cycle and know when she's like wanting to be wooed versus like left alone or like, like, um, let me draw you a bath, whatever. Like you yes. could melt, you could be like a lady killer. For sure. I was yeah. like, I will teach my nephews and they will slay all the babes. Uh, there should be some kind of like app sharing thing where it's like you have the, that app, right? That you're using. Like, here's my cycle. Information, you know, like. <laughs> oh, I flat out tell people I'm like, I'm an ovulatory phase. So watch out. Um, <laughs> prepare yourselves. Alert the media. Uh, <laughs> but I actually saw a thing today. Uh, is I. I want to say it was in the New York Times, um, but how syphilis is actually back. And there's uh, syphilis from, I want to say, I don't remember the exact details, but they yeah. were saying that syphilis is like on the, the rise, like 80% or something freaking crazy. And I know in this past year, I know three people that got syphilis. I was like, what is it? 1770? I'm like, what the fuck? I, I, syphilis was like of yesteryear, yeah. like crabs. Like who gets crabs? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like the clap. Uh, chlamydia, yeah, that's yeah. still a thing. But I'm like, syphilis? 
I know. And it's kind of complicated. You have to get a shot of like of penicillin. And what if you're allergic and like me? <laughs> me too. Ah, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know. I think it's because I think, I think people are using less condoms. They're just feeling more free about like how everything's treatable now. Right. Everything. Falls, but yes, there we do have modern technology and other things like that, and things can be treated. Um, yeah, but I, I just couldn't. I was like, "What is this?" Like, didn't Thomas Jefferson die of syphilis? I was like, I thought we eradicated that shit back in the day, yo. Think of Al Capone because he had it, and that's how he died. Like, wasn't it? That's like the nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties, right? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. So I'm like, why is this making a comeback, dude? Um, prohibition. Great. Um, full, full transparency. Um, I do get a lot of dick pics. I love a dick pic. And I, I asked with consent because consent is key for everything. I was concerned that, um, his, his ring-a-ding-ding had a little momentito on it. And so I said, I asked, I said, hey, Susanna, like, can I send you this um, just so you can take your medical observations and let me know if, because I, I thought it was like warts, warts or herpes or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I sent it to Susanna and you you were like, oh, it's a freckle or a mole or something like that. Um, Best patient picture I got all day. <laughs> That was a great day. I was like, this is, I was like, this is why I love Susanna. I'm just sending her fucking dick pics and being like, is this, this, um, I, again, I love a dick pic. I get a bajillion all the time. I love them super fan. And then I was like, do you want to watch the video? And you were like, no, uh, but see, asking, ask. Yeah. I like that. I love the comfort level. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, Hey, well, I'm not going to lie. I totally sent it to my parents and I asked them if what it was too. Um, and my dad was, I forgot what my dad thought it was, but, and my dad's like, he, well, he didn't, he thought the guy's dick was ugly in the first place. And he's like, that's not a good looking dick, first of all. And I was like, thanks dad. Um, he's, and he was like, it looks like a, my mom and dad thought it was warts. And I was like, well, I obviously don't want to go on a first date with this guy. If this guy has fucking warts all over his dick. Um, end up going out with him. What happened? I did. I went on one date with him, um, which I actually tapped into on a previous episode that he's a guy that, um, in a very short thing, uh, the whole entire time we were on the date, he had a butt plug up his ass hmm. and he was like shifting and like moving around a lot, uh, in this. And he went to the bathroom a couple of times and he was like in, he was like 46 and I was like, Oh, you like, you have prostate issues. Like, uh, you go to the bathroom all the time. Uh, any guy that goes to the bathroom in their forties <laughs> a lot, I was like, Oh, you have a, an enlarged prostate. And I also think like, cool. When I'm fingering your butthole, like it's going to be easy to find. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, like silver lining and all of it. Yeah. You know, mental notes, just trying. I'm like, cool. It's not going to be like, where is it? It's going to be like, bloop, it's right there. Um, <laughs> good times. Uh, but yes, he had a butt plug up his butt the entire time for the first date. And mm -hmm. I was like trying to get like, okay, like, you know, oh, uh, I have a really early morning the next day. I need to go. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> So yes, I did go on a, I did go on one date with that gentleman. Um, no second date. Uh, <laughs> it was a, it was a hard no. Um, and I, again, I didn't, I didn't know about the butt plug until the next day. <laughs> How did, well, I'll have to listen to your episode. Cause now I'm wondering more about that, but 
<laughs> Everybody, all, they're like, wait, tell me more about that. Uh, they're like, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. I'd like, does he have a car? Um, he did have a car. <laughs> um, I totally forgot what we were talking about now, but yeah. So, uh, butt plugs, STDs, things like that, all of that kind of stuff. I'm a person that I still go get annual. If I've had sex with somebody new, condoms are not like I still go get tested because yeah. safety first. It's it's better to nip that in the bud. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about the HPV vaccine on how that is. It's available now until like it's covered all the way up to age 45. So I think like I was telling you, I actually just got mine because I had never gotten it before. And because I was too old to get it. And then they changed the guidelines. And I'm like, why not? Even though I'm married, I'm going to get it. It just Again, preventative for cervical cancer, other things. And you told me that something that I didn't know, the warts thing. Yeah. I did not know about the warts thing that it, yeah, so it, like it helps. percent effective against genital warts. I was like, sold. Let's do that. Ladies and gentlemen, go get your HPV vaccines. It's three in three doses. Just yeah. so you know, I yeah. was like, it's three doses. I know. Cause I've got mine. I was like, <laughs> load me up again. I don't mind getting the shots. Load me up. Fill me up, dude. Don't take away. <laughs> I'm like Botox. Great. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, like, you know, you want to give me like a flu shot. Cool. Amazing. B12. B12. I was like, you know, I love my B12 girl. I know. Like, and glutathione in my focus. Give it to me. Do not take away though. I was like, add, do not take away. Um, Anyway, so yes, HPV, go get it. There's so many benefits to it. Um, we're going to segue a hint because I just, I, I'm curious. I want to know these things. So the vaginal canal is only X amount of inches yes. space. There's only so much space. Does ethnicity play a role in size, shape, all of that kind of stuff? Because hypothetically speak, not hypothetically, uh, what is it called? Um, stereotypically speaking, like black men have mighty, mighty pythons versus, uh, you know, stereotypically speaking, people of the Asian descent I have teeny peenies. Um, but again, I've seen other things to contradict all of the above. So again, we're just talking on on broad scales. But I've heard guys that have teeny peenies um, prefer to date and be with Asian girls because they're more compact. Oh, interesting. You know, I don't know, but it does it does make sense because it feels like your body right? Like you're, if you are a small Asian woman, like you're not going to have like an extra large vagina. Like that doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, it's, I, I like, it, like fisting, you're not going to get like lost in there. Um, no, no, definitely not. And I mean, I, it's funny because like, so from doing lots of pap smears, it's not like you really, like, I literally basically only use one size. Like I always would get the size small speculum and just use that one on every. I appreciated that for the record. Yeah. So like, I mean, you can get the job done and probably with sex too, just the same way. It's not like, I don't think the size matters of the canal, but, um, yeah, I think amazing. Yeah. So, okay. So size doesn't matter just for the record for the teeny peenies. I'm going to do a little rapid fire for you. Um, grooming 
Is it appreciated when you go get a pap smear? Or does it matter? Can you come with your Amazon beast? Like, I don't even care. Yeah. And I've seen it all. Every, every style. It's like everything. And pluses and minuses for having pubic hair. I mean, I think it's all personal choice, but for like the, I guess the minus for like, uh, I'm thinking for a speculum exam, like it could get in the way if it was a really a large bush. That's got it. And um, because you told me this, what is the funniest thing that you found inside the vaginal canal? Yes. Yeah. I think it'd be a condom. Yeah. Like my favorite. Was it just one condom or two condoms? Just one in this person. But I remember like she came in and it was a morning appointment and um, I was like, you know, making small talk and like doing the exam and taking a look. And I was like, I found something here and I was like, you know, use my little, like I have this thing I call a sponge stick. Like it goes in and you can pull things out and pull it out this condom. And she's like, Oh, she was pretty relaxed about it. She was like, that's where it went. Like I, I that's where it went. Have you ever seen somebody with like a cream pie, like semen? Uh, Well, I have seen, I mean, this is really gross, but it's just like, you know, yeast infection. Like it's more, Yeah. I've seen that before. It's like, I was, I was totally presuming that you were going to like, somebody came in with a full load inside of them and you're like, excuse me, I'm trying to like dive in here and get it out. And uh, that's a whole other topic because I've, I've heard a lot of things about, um, like if like semen consumption, like, is it actually a protein shake? Is it good for you? All of these things. Um, but we are actually coming to an end of our episode. I could have talked to you for like 25 hours and doing all of that. Um, but Susanna, I love you so much. Thank you for being on an amazing guest. I love you. Check her out. Susanna Kerwin. You can check her out on uh, Instagram, 10wellhealth.com. You can check me out, Jennifer, www.jenniferhazard.com with two N's and two Z's. W pleasure, W fun, Jennifer Hazard. And again, check out um, me on all of the platforms, Spotify, YouTube, whatever you get your podcast from. Thank you for listening. Thank you to my amazing production crew. I love you so much. And all of my beautiful listeners, I love you. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day and go and be healthy and explore yourself. <laughs> I'm Jennifer Hazard, and you've been listening to Single and 40, a show on love, life, and everywhere in between. Tune in every first and third Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as we share candid stories and expert insight with, of course, a sprinkle of humor. If you know someone who would benefit from our conversation, share the show with them. You can also connect with us by following us on our social media and our YouTube channel or visit me at www.jenniferhazard.com.